Welcome to the Bay Area Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to make passionate, maturing followers of Jesus from here to the nations. We hope you will be changed by this message and invite you to visit us in the greater Annapolis area. If you would like to learn more about our church and ministries, please visit our website at bayareacc.org. Well, good morning, Bay Area online community. I'm Jocelyn, and I'm so happy that you're here tuning in this morning, wherever you might be, in your kitchen, your living room. So glad that you're with us. The band is setting up behind me, so we'll start with worship in just a few moments, followed by an awesome word from Esther and Proverbs, so make sure to stay tuned in for that. If you're new, an extra special welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here. Just so you know, at Bay Area, we're all about making passionate, maturing followers of Jesus from here to the nations, and we'd love for you to be a part of that, to be part of our spiritual family as we pursue Jesus together. The quickest way for you to connect is to fill out a virtual connect card. The link should be in the comments or the chat section, depending on where you're watching. Just take a few seconds, fill that out, and our team will reach out later today or this week to answer any questions that you might have. Also, for anyone watching, make sure to check out our virtual gathering card for any events or resources coming up here at Bay Area. And lastly, a shout out to our online chat host team. We have Shannon and Amy on Church Online. And then we also have Allison on Facebook Live. Make sure to say hello. They're there to serve you, to chat with you, and most importantly, to pray with you. So feel free to leave a prayer request in the chat section, in the comments, or to click on that live prayer button. We'd love to pray with you. And that's it for me. Get ready for the gathering, and I'll see you at the end. friends. Glad you're in the building. Glad you made it out. Hey, online, what's going on? Good to see you. Thanks for, or good to be seen. Glad you tuned in from your kitchen or from your uh, your bedroom or your living room, wherever you're at. Let's go ahead and stand. Psalm 139 says this, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hands shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. It's an awesome, beautiful truth, the fact that the presence of God is everywhere and he's not waiting on us. I'm sorry, he's, he's not, uh, we're not waiting on him, he's waiting on us to engage him. So why don't we take a few moments, let's begin to put our minds and our thoughts, our affections on him at home. Come put your coffee down and let's begin to engage. He's right there with you. I confess that I am weak. 
with just songs. We want to experience you this morning. Come on, let's keep singing. There's a table that you've prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. It's your body, your blood you shed for me. This is how I fight my that again at home sing it with us
get out of breath. I don't know about you when I sing that song. I get, I get so excited because I know that he's the one who fights the battle for me. But when that happens, I remember that he is the breath of life. Would you just take a moment to breathe in his goodness?
Good morning, Bay Area. Go ahead and have a seat. If you're at home, go ahead and have a seat in your living room or wherever, wherever you might be. My name is Greg St. Cyr. What a joy to greet you and welcome you. If you're watching online, perhaps from East End or from Odenton or around the world, welcome, welcome. We're thrilled that you're here. I want us to begin this morning by spending a few minutes together in prayer. We as a people want to become a praying people. And in time of need, we do have a helper. The Lord is our helper. One of the ways that we learn to pray is through the scriptures, specifically the Psalms. And the Psalms were given to us to worship God and to learn how to pray. I want to read to us this morning from Psalm 121, verses 1 through 4, and remind us that God is our helper. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps you will never slumber nor sleep. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you that in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of uncertainty, perhaps in the midst of financial stress, relational challenges, we have a helper. Our help comes from Jehovah. And our helper is absolutely sovereign, high and exalted, enthroned in the heavens. His dominion rules over all. Our helper is eternal and infinite. He has no limitations and no boundaries. And we have direct access to our helper through the person of Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. And we have supernatural power indwelling each and every one of us to face whatever circumstances might be in front of us. And so now, Lord God, we come to you in the strong name of Jesus. And we acknowledge that our eyes are set on you. You, Lord, are our helper. So whether there are marriage struggles, perhaps mourning the loss of a loved one, health issues, financial challenges, whatever it might be, we have a helper. And so we call on you now. Lord, meet us in our need, encourage our hearts, and then use us in the midst of our own valley to be a light shining the love of Jesus to others. We ask this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I do want to encourage our entire church family to be checking the website regularly for updates. We no longer are passing out gathering cards to those who are coming. Instead, we have what's known as a virtual gathering card. And so I want to encourage everybody that's watching online, go ahead and hit on this link. And there you're going to find information about the things that are happening throughout our church family this week and in the days ahead. In just a few moments, we'll worship the Lord through giving. Last week, I reminded us how God has done incredible things over the last two-year journey that we called Unrivaled. I want to again express our thanks to everyone who participated. You know, as we move forward, the mission of Bay Area continues. And one of the things that we're most committed to is discipling children. Because of COVID-19, many of our short-term mission teams had to be canceled. One of those teams was designed to go to Appalachia in West Virginia, where for years and years, we've been ministering to impoverished families and children in need, sharing the love of Jesus. Well, we're unable to physically do a vacation Bible school, so this team, undaunted, put together a virtual VBS. 
This past week, one of the families from our church drove all the way down to West Virginia, dropped off all of the supplies, and in the coming days, dozens and dozens of children are going to worship Jesus in a fresh way and grow in their relationship with Jesus, and we're so thankful for a church that makes that possible. You know, we had planned with our children's ministry to do an incredible vacation Bible school this summer. Of course, those plans ended up changing. And so our, our children's ministry got together and creatively said, hey, let's do a staycation Bible school. And so they put their heads together and uh, this week, starting on Monday, Monday through Friday, over 300 kits have been distributed to families and hundreds and hundreds of children are going to be enjoying a staycation Bible school from their homes where they'll learn to fall in love with Jesus more and be discipled in the way of Jesus. This is the kind of church that God has called us to be and I'm so thankful. Thank you for your ongoing giving. Know that it's being stewarded to further the purposes of Jesus. You can give online on our website. You can give on by way of the app. You can uh, text to give or mail in a check or drop your offering in the giving boxes uh, if you're here in the auditorium. We're so very thankful. Well, you're in for one final special treat here this morning. Uh, we have a guest preacher in. His name is Bobby LaRue. He is from Pennsylvania. He's a gifted communicator, former worship leader, former student ministry pastor, and he's going to continue our journey through wisdom from Proverbs. Let me invite you to look at the screen now. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon to you who are checking in online. Good afternoon to you who are here in the auditorium. So um, thank you, Pastor Greg, for that wonderful introduction. Yes, I am Bobby LaRue, and uh, I have been invited down to speak today. And let me tell you, this has been such a gift. I have never been to Annapolis. I've never experienced this, this town, this area, and it has been such, such a gift. And so thank you for inviting us down. My lovely wife, Emily, is here with me as well. And so we live just outside Philadelphia. I help pastor a church in that area. And uh, my wife is from Michigan, though. Uh, but we did spend four years in Nashville, Tennessee, where I was pursuing a career in music. So I was writing songs and leading worship. Uh, my career did not go anywhere. Okay, I still have plenty of CDs left, so if you're interested, maybe one day I can get you one. Uh, my wife is a talented dancer, so she was pursuing a career in dance, and so that was really exciting for us. Uh, just a couple other things. You don't know me, but I would love to tell you this, that I, I enjoy pizza. I could eat pizza several days a week, but I will not eat the crust. I don't like pizza crust. Uh, I'm a certified scuba diver, so I really enjoy that. And then lastly, I will not lick envelopes. Okay, uh, I know you were wondering if I did or I don't. I don't, okay, uh, because it tastes gross, and I don't want to get a paper cut on my tongue. That would be terrible, so I will just tape them, right? Um, so I'm Bobby. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me, and uh, we're going to talk about a proverb today, but before we get to that, I want to share something else with you. Um, I'd like to start off the message with a, a confession, really. It's a personal confession of where I've been for uh, about a month ago, and I want to tell you about where God has taken me since then. 
And if you've seen in the video, you realize that the person in the video was crossing out everything on their calendar from 2020. Yes, I can see some of you shaking your head because your calendar went the same way, right? We've had all these plans for 2020. We had all these hopes and these dreams. And then one by one, we have to begin crossing out the things that we had hoped for in 2020. We've had COVID. We've had social unrest. We've had a job loss. We've had financial uncertainty. And this has been 2020. This has been the beginning and about a month ago, as I thought through all that was going on, my heart was so heavy. I was so overwhelmed. I was really discouraged. And so my plan, I came home from the office one day, and my plan was just to lay in bed. That was about the best that I could do. And that's, that's the point that I was at in my life. I did not want to engage the world. I did not want to help. I did not even really want to be a pastory type of person. I just wanted to sit in my bed. But there's one thing that I would do, and that was pray. So I decided to pray. So I began praying, and I don't know if you're like me, but I love when God answers prayer in an obvious way. And I would love for him just to send me a text, maybe an email, maybe a TikTok. I don't know if Jesus does TikTok, but if he did, that would be awesome. And I would take that. So I was praying and driving on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. I was praying about my feelings on 2020 and where I was at and wanting to just crawl in bed and hide. And God sent me a billboard. I am not joking. God sent me a huge billboard. And so I prayed, and minutes later, I, I come across this billboard and this verse, this Bible verse is on it. And it says this, for such a time as this. And that comes from Esther chapter 4, verse 14. For such a time as this. And I believe that was the verse that God gave for me. I want to share with you that verse this morning. Now look, I know that Pastor Greg just said we're in a series on Proverbs. I get that. We'll get there, Okay. But in order to understand the proverb, I think you really need to understand this story in Esther. So turn to Esther chapter 4, please, if you have a Bible. If you have your phone, pull it out, tap scroll if you're at home, grab the laptop and go online and look at Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4 is a story that involves four main characters, okay? And the first character is Esther. Esther is a Jewish girl who becomes queen of the Persian Empire. The next character is Mordecai. Mordecai is a relative, okay, a relative of Esther who raises her because her parents passed away. And then we have a man named Ahasuerus. And no kids, that is not the name of a dinosaur, okay? That is the man's name who is king of the Persian Empire. And he's married to Esther. And then we have Haman. Haman is the bad guy, okay? Haman has this plan to destroy all the Jews. It really sounds like the makings of a good movie, right? I mean, if you want a good movie, here it is. And so these are the four main characters in Esther chapter 4. I'm going to begin by reading in verse 6. And just to give you a little bit more background, Mordecai has just found out that the Jews are to be destroyed. And Mordecai's really upset. Okay, he's wearing sackcloth. He's sitting outside the king's gate. And Esther wants to find out what's bothering Mordecai. So we're going to pick up the story here in Esther chapter 4. Verse 6, it says this, Hatak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Verse 8, Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her and command her to go to the king to beg his favor and plead with him on behalf of her people. And Hatak went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. So there's this plan to destroy all the Jews in the book of Esther. There's a plan to destroy all of them. And so for the Jews at this time, it's not going well. Just like for some of you and I, it's probably not going well in 2020. In fact, if you're online, I know you can't do this here, but if you're online, if, if you would just type in maybe in an emotion that you're feeling about 2020, maybe there's something that happened in 2020 and it just frustrates you. Maybe it is COVID. Maybe it is social unrest. Like whatever's going on, if you're online watching and you're brave enough, would, would you just throw onto the comments, 
where you're at and what you're feeling about 2020. And not because we want to see what you say, but I think it would be really helpful to everyone to realize that we're not alone. We're not alone. Everyone is struggling with 2020 in some way. And in this story of Esther, we see the Jews are also struggling. They're at this point in their lives where they're about to be destroyed. And Esther hears this news from Mordecai. And Mordecai wants Esther to help out. And now Esther has to make a decision. She has to make this conscious decision about what is she going to do in the middle of this problem. In the middle of her 2020. What is she going to do? Now, I don't know if you've ever made an important decision before, but I'm sure you have. And when you've made that decision, it has implications for the future, right? Or maybe you've made decisions in the past that have affected today for you. So we all understand what it means to be at this crossroads and to make this very important decision. And sometimes we get it wrong. Now, I had to make a decision many, many years ago. And I I got it wrong. And because I got that decision wrong... I almost didn't get married to my beautiful wife. And so I know that you probably want to hear the story, so I'm going to tell it to you, okay? So this is probably in 2006 or 7. My wife and I had been dating, okay? We were in our mid-20s, and it was around that time where she was probably thinking marriage, and I was probably thinking marriage. And so we were having this discussion, but I was acting like a real buffoon. I, I was just... I was in a weird place, okay? And so my wife wanted to know what was going on. Where was this relationship going, right? And so my wife asked me this question, and here's what she says. What is important to you? Now, if you are a man in a relationship, that's a very dangerous question, right? Yeah. Now, ladies... I know that you already know the answer to this question. I, I, ladies, if you're online, give me the thumbs up if you already know. I am in a dating relationship with a, a woman that I really care about. We've been dating for years. We're in our mid-20s. We're thinking maybe marriage. You know the answer to this question, but I'm not that smart. And so this is what I say to her. I said, um, I don't know, working out? Yes. Guys, this is for you to participate online. If you've ever said anything so dumb, please give me the thumbs down. Don't let me think that I'm the only guy here that has ever said anything dumb, okay? My wife is so beautiful that she gave me a chance to redeem myself. And she said this next to me. She said, I guess you have some things to think about. And I felt like in that moment, I had that small window, like where you get a second chance and you could totally redeem yourself. So I said something else dumb. I said this. I guess I do. And then she broke up with me. Yeah. Now I realized a week later how ridiculous I had been and I would made the right choice. And so here we are today. But there was this time in my life I was at this crossroads and I had to make this decision. And the decision I made would impact the future. And Esther is in the same spot. Her 2020 is crumbling all around her. Her people, the Jews, are about to be destroyed. Her relative Mordecai is sitting in ashes and sackcloth and he's mourning and he's asking her to help. She's the queen of the Persian empire. If anyone could help, it's Esther. And so what does Esther do? Let's keep reading in verse 10 of of chapter 4. It says this, Then Esther spoke to Hatak and commanded him to go to Mordecai and say, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law. To be put to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. Verse 12. And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. And if I could sum up Esther's response, what Esther had said was this No. Esther was at this pivotal moment in her life and the, life, uh, the lives of the Jews. And her response was no. If I could sum up Esther's 2020, she probably would have said, I'm checking out, just like I did. 
She probably was ready to throw in the towel. She didn't want to be involved. She didn't want to be engaged. She just wanted to let things happen. She just wanted to get to 2021 and skip 2020, right? If, if you're feeling me, just give me this. Okay, yeah, some of us just want to skip 2020. And like Esther, that was me. My response was, no, I want nothing to do with 2020 because the first half was horrible and we still have half to go. Let's keep reading the story. Verse 13 of Esther 4, Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And that was the verse that I saw on the billboard. You see, I think Esther was ready to check out. I think Esther was ready to throw in the towel and just see what came next in 2021. And Mordecai, he threw down hard and he reminded her, you're not going to escape 2020, Esther. You can't get out of it. But, but maybe for such a time as this, Esther, you have been born. For maybe such a time as this, you have become queen of the Persian Empire. And that's the verse that really resonated with me. Because as I thought through 2020 and everything that had gone on and I was ready to throw into the towel, I see this giant billboard from God. And in that moment, here's what I thought God said to me. He said, Bobby, you're not done yet. Bobby, 2020 is not done yet. And I felt like God was saying to me, for such a time as this, I have created you, Bobby. For such a time as this, I have you living in Warminster, Pennsylvania for such a time as this. So you feel like what God was saying to me is that I was the right person in the right place at the right time. That's what I felt like God was saying. I was done with 2020. I was ready to check out and move on to 2021. And I felt like God halfway through said, Bobby, it's not over yet because I have something for you. And I was really just taken back by that thought. And I was taken back by how I had lived 2020 up to that point and how I'd been living the last month of my life and how I was ready to throw in the towel and everything was going wrong. And when everything was going wrong, God stepped in and he said, for such a time as this. I believe God puts these Esther-type moments in our lives. I believe that God has these moments for you and I that are these Esther moments. And that he has designed you and me and created you and me for such a time as this. I don't think it's a mistake that you're where you are right now. I'd say it this way. I believe that you are the right person in the right place for such a time as this. I understand that the beginning of 2020 has been very hard. I will not dismiss anything that you have gone through. I'm not asking you to pass over and just get over what has been going on. Some of you might have lost loved ones to COVID. Some of you might have had COVID. Some of you might be experiencing things through the social unrest that I can never understand. Some of you have lost jobs and finances, and I, I, I don't understand that. I don't get that. I'm not you, and I don't want to dismiss what you're going through. But here's, here's what I want to possibly give you some hope for, that maybe God's not done with you for 2020. Maybe your situation has been really hard, but we still have the second half to go. And maybe you've been created for such a time as this. Maybe you're the right person in the right place for such a time as this. And maybe you are. In fact, I'd, I'd love to hear right now where you're from. I told you I'm from Warminster. And I know that you're wearing masks here in the auditorium, but I will listen as best I can. It'll probably just sound like garble to me. But just tell me where you're from. Like, could you shout it out? Thank you. Texas, really? Wow, welcome. I believe that you are the right person in the right place for such a time as this. Even Texas. Right? I heard Annapolis, I heard Severna. Arnold. If you're online, would you be bold enough to type in where you're from? And I wish I could see it right now. I wish I could see all the different places that you are going up on that screen. And you know what would really overwhelm me right now is to know that God has all of us in the right place for such a time as this, doesn't he? Wherever you're from. 
But I also got to wonder if we might have missed some Esther moments. We might be in the right place at the right time and you might be the right person, but boy, can't we miss sometimes what God is doing? Can't we miss what God is doing? And why do we miss that? Let's get to Proverbs now, finally, right? We're in a series on Proverbs, so let's turn to Proverbs 16. Wisdom for today. Proverbs 16, 9 says this. The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Proverbs 16, 9. Wisdom for today. If I could describe this proverb to you, it would be this. It's really a tension between what we want to do tomorrow versus what God wants to do today. When the Bible says that the heart of a man, and it's also a heart of a woman too, you could say that, plans his or her way, the way is this idea of a road. It's a journey. It's a distance that you're going to travel. And the idea is in the future. Making future plans. We love to make future plans. We like it. I see you. Yes, I see you shaking your head. We love to know what's going on. Next week and the week after and the year after, we have plans. And in 2020, you might have made plans. And now all of our plans seem to be ruined. And whether or not you can make plans today, because I know that some of you parents, you're waiting for the school district to tell you when your kid can go back to school and if they're going to have to wear a mask and what it's going to look like. I get that. Even if you can't make that plan yet, you still want to, right? Whether or not we can make plans, we all have that desire to know the future. But I believe the wisdom from this proverb is that sometimes you don't know the future. Sometimes you can't control it, the future. But sometimes God is interested in today, isn't he? Sometimes God is more interested in today. And so in our hearts, we plan our ways but it is the Lord who establishes our steps. I love the idea that God establishes steps. It doesn't say that God establishes your next jump, does it? It doesn't say that God establishes your next mile, does it? It says that God establishes your next step. And when I think of the word establish, there's some other words that come to mind. And these are different translations of that word. But it says things like confirms and determines and firmly establishes. And prepares and sets and orders. And these are all words that seem incredibly antithetical to 2020, don't they? I mean, these are words of certainty and comfort. And it does not feel like 2020 has been certain at all. But yet what God offers you for today in Proverbs 69 is confirmation. And he offers you something that is going to be firmly established today. Sometimes we have these desires to plan the future. But when we're planning our future, we often miss the Esther moment that God has today, don't we? We're so busy planning the future, we miss the Esther moment that God has today. Twenty twenty is not done yet, though. And so maybe you've missed out on what God had planned for you in the beginning because we were so busy worrying about our future and everything that's going on, but the rest of 2020 is not done. And so what if today, what if today you could start living the second half of 2020 in a different way? In a different way. There's a, a couple of Bible verses in James that sum up, I think, Proverbs 16, 9 very well. And it says, it says this in James 4. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. It's James. And James captures Proverbs 16.9 so well because it's true. We love to live and think and plan and desire the future. And we often forget that the Lord has something today. And so if it's the Lord's will, Lord, what are you willing today? Lord, I've had plans for 2020, but what do you have for Instead of thinking what we will do next, we should probably start asking this question. And the question is this, God, what's the next step? God, what's the next step?
we so bad want to know what's coming tomorrow and in the fall and in 2020. We so bad want to know all those things, right? But wisdom for living in Proverbs 16.9 is not being consumed with the future, but it's about asking God what the next step is for today. And when you ask him that, he will let you know. And when you ask him that, I believe that he has these Esther-type moments for you and I planned out that we might be missing because we're not asking that question of God. We're not living wisely. We're living for tomorrow when real wisdom for living is living for today and what God has for today. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not telling you to never make a future plan again. Okay? Maybe husbands, you might be like, well, see, the pastor just said I don't have to make any plans. It's not what I'm saying. I think planning for the future is a good thing. What I'm saying today is that sometimes we get so consumed with it and so overwhelmed by it and so worried by it that we might be missing what God has for today, right? We might be missing what God has for today. And so would you start asking God, what's the next step? And if you begin to start asking God, what's the next step? I think what you're going to find is that God opens up these doors. He opens up these amazing doors. And when God opens up a door, when you begin to ask him, what's the next step? Is he begins to reveal to you your Esther-type moments. What do you do in that moment? Because the story really isn't about Esther. It's not about Esther and Mordecai and what they did. It's really about the God behind the story who saves and rescues and delivers, isn't it? It's about him. And so when you're asking God what the next step is, when you're seeing those Esther moments being unveiled before you, here's what you need to do. You need to point people to Jesus. Jesus is the hope for 2020. Can I get an amen? Okay, I didn't know if you were listening. I was unsure because what I had said was that Jesus is the hope for 2020. And then you said... Amen. Give me an amen if you're watching online too. You see, when you begin asking God what the next step is, and he begins to real, reveal these Esther moments that he's planned for you, and I believe he's planned them for you for the rest of 2020, it's not about you. It's not about you and I looking good. It's about Jesus, isn't it? It's about pointing people to the hope. It's about pointing people to the one that God sent to die on a cross for our sins, right? But it's a good thing he didn't stay dead, did he? Oh, no. Oh, no. On that third day, he rose from the grave. You see, that's the hope that we have in 2020. And so as you begin to ask God what the next step is, as he begins to reveal these Esther moments to you, you begin to point people to Jesus and the hope and the resurrection that is in him. So I know sometimes pastors preach, but we don't often practice what we preach very easy to do that. And so I've begun to ask that question. I've been asking that question for a couple of weeks, and God has done some cool things. I began to ask that question, and God led me to make phone calls to people, and so I began calling them. We've been having great conversations. God has led me when I asked that question to send a text message, and so I've sent a text message. I've even gone into the food store, and as I walk in, I ask God, what's the next step? And you might think that's weird to walk into Safeway today if you need to go food shopping, but if you walk into Safeway today, why don't you ask God what the next step is? Because you don't know who's going to be in that food store who might need to hear about Jesus. Maybe your food shopping trip today is an Esther-type moment for you, but you're going to miss it because you haven't been asking God what the next step is as you're walking in the doors, right? In the last two weeks, I've <clears throat> been asking that question. Do you know that God has given my wife and I the opportunity to share Jesus with some people? Share Jesus with some friends. Sharing about the life-giving gift of Jesus Christ. We've had that chance because we've been asking God for it. And he's delivered us some Esther moments. But I'm also sad because I think of the times that I wasn't asking God what the next step was. 
And I was so busy about my plans. And I'm sad because I think of the people that I missed. I think of the people that I've missed in the food store. Or when I've been out in the neighborhood jogging around. You see, I'm sad because I've missed some moments. Because I haven't been asking God what the next step is. Because sometimes I'm so consumed with the future. And I believe that God wants you to be consumed with today. And so you need to begin to asking him what the next step is. Back in September, Pastor Greg gave a really challenging and encouraging message on Vision Weekend. And in Vision Weekend, he used this phrase over and over. And he kept saying this, you the 440 in the nations. You, the 440 in the nations. And if you don't know what that is, let me explain it to you real quick. You obviously refers to you, whether you're watching online or you're sitting here. The 440 refers to the 440,000 people in Anne Arundel County who don't know Jesus. And the nations refers to the rest of the world. And I wonder today if you are the right person in the right place for one of the 440. I wonder if that day is today. I wonder if you walk out of here today and you start asking God what the next step is. I wonder where you're going to end up today. I wonder who you're going to talk to. I wonder who you're going to pray with. I wonder who you're going to share Jesus with. But I'm hoping and I'm praying and I'm believing that it's got to be one of the 440. One of the 440,000. God wants to use you. And you, God wants to use you, you, and you watching online, God wants to use you where you are for such a time as this. Imagine what God could do. Imagine what God could do through Bay Area Community Church. Imagine what Annapolis would look like if we began asking that question for the rest of 2020. God, what's the next step? Right? I mean, I've only been asking that question for a couple of weeks and God has already blown me away. I still have the rest of 2020 to go, despite how difficult the first half has been. So let me leave you with this thought. It's this. I believe that you are the right people. I believe that you are in the right place for such a time as this. So you need to start asking, God, what's the next step? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 2020 has been rough. It has been hard. For some, it has been filled with unemployment and uncertainty. With some, it's been filled with tears and sorrow. For some, it's been filled with death. For some, it's been filled with unrest. And Lord, yet somehow through all of this, I believe that you have brought all of us to be prepared for such a time as this. God, that you would use us today. And Father, would we trust you for the future? God, I'm praying for the 440 in Anne Arundel County. Praying for the world. Praying for my hometown, Lord. God, in all these things, that we would be your obedient servants who follow every step that you have for us so that we can point people to Jesus. And all God's people, we said, amen. Would you stand with us? We look to you, Lord, now as we ask what these next steps are, Lord.
World Bay Area online. What a great morning we've had as we've been challenged to ask God, what is next for us? So wherever you might be in Annapolis, in Odenton, even across the country in whatever city you're in, we hope that you're praying and processing and just receiving from the Lord what he might have. So that's our focus for today. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're new, don't forget to fill out that virtual connect card. We would love to welcome you into our family, answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, that's it. Have a great Sunday and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.